This is the Definitely Uncertain podcast, brought to you by Goldrock Capital. Each week, we look at how high net worth families can improve their lives, decisions, and investments in a deeply uncertain world. We always aim to provide practical information, even if we can't offer specific investment advice. This is the Definitely Uncertain podcast, and my name is Darren Rockman, and I'm a partner at Goldrock Capital the 21-year-old multifamily office servicing high net worth families in Israel and around the world. And today on the podcast, I'm very pleased to welcome Wendy Spinner. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Darren. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Wendy is coming to us from Los Angeles, California. She is a private wealth advisor and vice president of the Spinner Group, which is part of UBS's private wealth management group. We were just talking offline that she's a former engineer and she has a particular interest and that is um, women mentoring young women engineers, helping women and their families with their financial planning, their financial lives. She also is quite involved in nonprofit organizations. She's an institutional consultant and an active board member and has won awards for her philanthropic, philanthropic achievements. She's chair or board chair of the Fulfillment Fund and co-chair of UBS's Endowment and Foundation Committee. And we're really pleased to have you on Definitely Uncertain. So thank you very much for joining. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Okay. So to set the stage, UBS did some research recently, which showed that 80% of women want to protect themselves and their loved ones financially more than ever before. And that's not surprising considering the ups and downs and maybe the downs that the world's gone through over the last couple of years. So how have the, those events, Corona, political events, uh, how they affected the way that women think about their investments and, and their financial lives? Darren, the events of the last years have really caused women to be more purposeful and intentional about how they're living their lives, which is resulting in women being more thoughtful not just about how they donate their money, but also about how they invest and spend their money. As a result, and I'm sure you've seen this, people are having far less superficial conversations with each other. Through Zoom, we've seen inside each other's homes, we've met other family members, seen and heard people's babies and their dogs. And so all of the events of the last two plus years have made people take a step back and reassess what is important. And the pandemic has certainly had a disproportionate impact on women having to manage work, caretaking, and uncertainties and bad news in the world. Yet it has also resulted in a positive reevaluation on many levels, including how women participate in financial decisions. So to back up, at the beginning of 2022, UBS surveyed 1,400 women to provide a glimpse into how this reevaluation has stirred a greater sense of purpose among women, how women are impacting change and the issues they are most focused on. And it really showed that this is truly an inflection point for women. And personally, I hope it's the needed catalyst for change in how women interact with their finances. And how do you see that increased participation in financial decisions, or maybe putting it another way, what are the different ways that women typically interact with their finances? Maybe what's changed as a result of the pandemic? 
Yeah. And we are seeing a change in terms of women's participation, but frankly, Derek, it's just not enough. And I'd like to just back up and say there are many women who are financially savvy and who want to be more engaged with their finances. But what we have found from our research is half of married women we surveyed defer investment and long-term financial decisions to their spouse. And that's actually down a few percentage points since the pandemic. But it's still not, we still have a long way to go. And it also seems like from this vantage point, we're stuck in a patriarchal past with old-fashioned gender norms. Yet, when it comes to charitable intent, or in other words, if we're talking about something that's very purposeful that will speak to a woman's heart, nine in 10 of women are still actively engaged in charitable giving and wanting to use their resources to make a difference. We talked about in the beginning, women wanting to be more intentional. And through our study, we also found that a majority of women want to align their investments with their values. They, 79% of them say that environmental, social, and governance investing is particularly relevant. But here's the issue. Less than half of those women hold any ESG investments in their portfolios. They understand the power of financial engagement, yet we still, we still need to take that and connect the dots of women thinking about purpose and get that, get them to understand how they can use that in terms of financial planning. On a positive note, women are using their purchasing power more and more to support companies that have positive environmental or social impact. Going back to what you were saying earlier on about only 50% of women, married women involved actively in financial decisions. Do you see any sort of correlations? Is it typically women who are you know, professionals or you know, is education a factor? Is it age a factor? What are the elements that are driving this? What has been so interesting is that we have seen this across all generations and all educational levels. There, We can't really see the correlation. What we do see is that many wealthy women are just intimidated and they think they should know certain things, but they don't, they are afraid to ask the questions because they feel they should know that. Mm -hmm. Men are brought up in a way that it's more of a social norm to be involved in investment conversations. And so I think it's what I referred to in the past is just how it's always been done. And this is one area where women have it quite gain the empowerment that they deserve. Which is, it's interesting that you say that because from our experience, we often find that even wealth creators who are not from a financial industry and certainly inheritors of wealth have this issue about asking questions. And, and we see it amongst women and men where people are afraid of, you know, looking stupid or I should really know this and I don't really know who to ask or I don't, I don't want to show my lack of education. And so you just cruise through, but you're saying it's actually a bigger problem when it comes to women. I think it's an, an institutionalized intergenerational issue that is beginning to change. And I think what really came out from this study and really what I'm saying is that women are talking the talk more. Now we need women to walk the walk. Okay. So let's go from that to some 
some something practical, which is so how do you do that? How on a, on an individual basis, how can women take more control of their finances, have more sense of their long term investments, and as you say, start to align those more with their values? So I think that there's a few simple steps that women can take. And I think first they need to start. So by getting started, women can begin taking a more active role. And I think they'll begin to gain more clarity and confidence and then feel more control. So there's really three steps that I suggest to just about any person that asks me about how to get more involved. One is really knowing what you have. And I'll get into this in a, a little bit more detail. Two, know who your know who your team is and know your values. So like knowing what you have, it's really make sure what assets you have, how they're invested, what they're worth, and in, include that across all, all different assets, real estate, right. financial assets, art, et cetera. And then knowing what you have is also knowing your liabilities. So I have a client whose mom was remarried and they had all their assets jointly and the, hus the husband died and she found out he had an insurmountable amount of debt. Right. And so it's really important to know your liabilities too. This woman had to change her whole lifestyle and was really impactful. And this isn't the first time I've heard this story. I've heard it from other colleagues too, that there, they had, there were people that had gambling debts and different things that, and so knowing what liabilities you and your spouse have is really important. Right. And then the third thing is to make sure you're protected against the amount, know what insurance you have, make sure it's covered, covering the things and in case something happens and you're protected. Right. I, I suppose that's part of knowing who your team is as well, which is don't be ever be in a position where something happens and not only do you not know what you have, you don't know where it's, where it sits and who's responsible for it. A hundred percent, Darren, it is so important. And that's what, one of the things in terms of knowing your team, I make sure I always say this to women, find trusted professionals who you feel comfortable with and that you can develop a personal relationship with, yeah. um, you know, one of the easiest ways to start if you're married and your spouse is in touch with your financial advisor, your accountant, your state attorney is meet them and make sure you like them. Make sure that they really listen to you and they understand your values and they make an effort to get you to know you as a person, not just superficially, but who and what is most important to you and what you're passionate about and that they speak in a language that you can understand. That's a lot of things. That's something that we see a lot. And we did a survey, UBS did a survey, an investor watch survey. And we learned that women love expert advice, but they often report lower satisfaction because of the use of jargon or not feeling like they're listened to. And that just with respect to the team, friends or family members can be a really important part of it the team. You need to find people who you feel safe talking about money matters with. And I know women have joined investment clubs and that's really helped them to have people to talk to as well as become educated. Right. It, it, and it's interesting you say that we see, we've seen a number of occasions that when there's a moment of crisis or a big shift in 
in the lay of the land, people tend to freeze up and not do anything. And the less you know about your assets and the less you know about your financial life, the harder it is to then make the tough decisions, which are sometimes required when you know, somebody's unable to operate or someone dies or there's a divorce or something like that in, in those sort of really critical moments where you're, you're thrust into having to make decisions for yourself. If you haven't got the background, it just must make it all, all the harder. Absolutely, Darren. And one of the things is that women are more risk averse. And part of that is because they just don't have the knowledge and knowledge is power. And so you need to really have that kind of learning mindset around this. And many women do this in other aspects of their lives. And somehow there's an intimidation factor that we need to help connect the dots to so that they are not afraid to ask questions and become informed. So on that, sometimes that intimidation is also in a relationship and you know, there's a sort of stigma between spouses about talking about money, but it's a forbidden topic or, a, or, or an uncomfortable one. So how can women destigmatize and find it more, com a more comfortable, a safer place to talk about money in a relationship? I feel I talked about having a learning mindset, also having a collaborative mindset. People make better decisions together when they have different viewpoints and they can come together and think them through together. So I think that's important to have that right kind of mindset to start. And also like really knowing your values and goals and having that if you're in a partnership or a marriage really having that conversation, like what is important to you together as a couple and starting with it more aspirationally. And then you can engage in financially how you can help those hopes and dreams come to fruition. And it's important to start and being really clear about your priorities and articulating them in a confident way is a really great way to start the conversation. And you just, I just encourage women not to be afraid. And I can't stress this enough to ask right. questions and trust their judgment. And, and it's a process. It's not just a one-time conversation. Absolutely. Like you have to start somewhere and it is a pro it's like anything in life everything is a process and i practice yoga every day and it's a practice and you can't you have to keep doing it and not be afraid i think the first step is often the hardest yeah yeah and so you're speaking to a guy right so you <laughs> if you hadn't noticed but so what role can men play in all this how can men make it a reduce some of the barriers, reduce some of the fear and help their spouses, their partners engage or family members engage better with money. First of all, thank you for asking this question. <laughs> that played a huge role in this and they can help by, first of all, I think men can help by being really, truly good listeners. And but men really are not particularly good at that. Men are good talkers <laughs> and problem solvers. They're, they're horrible listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. And so that's why I'm stressing that as my first yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It, it doesn't only apply in this context. It applies in plenty of other contexts as well. <laughs> really by in get, being willing to engage in conversations, encourage questions, encourage the dialogue, it 
I think it's like with anything to make the decisions, you want to be inclusive. You want to be transparent. You want to be flexible. Um, Many women will say that they're not interested and that might be a a cop-out because they're overwhelmed by it. I, I used to say to my clients, please invite your wife to our review meeting. And I, the majority of time, the wife would say, no, thank you. I don't want to come. So we've made the transition to really have clients insist that their wives come to these review meetings. It's really important for them to have a seat at the table and to begin learning overall what their investment picture looks like. And so that little tweak has made a huge difference because it's gotten women a seat at the table and they're much more engaged now and they're learning and they're becoming more vocal and asking more questions. Right. You mentioned before that philanthropy is a way, it's something that, that women tend to, it resonates better with them. Do you find at all that's a door into understanding more about investments? Darren, absolutely. And I think the idea of talking to women and connecting with them where they are is so critical. And I recently had a conversation with a client regarding her philanthropy. And she was really interested and donated a, a, a significant amount of money to an organization that helps underserved students to get to and through college. And then she went on to explain to me in detail about the persistence, the graduation rates, the career attainment of the students, and the resulting impact on the families and the communities of those students. And then I shared with her, do you know, this is an example of investing and the return is the student outcomes, not to mention the social impact in society. It's economic mobility for students, decrease in future social welfare and increase in tax revenue. And this was a way to help her really see that she's actually knows how to make really good and smart investment decisions in selecting a charity that's really making a strong impact given the dollars that she's given. Now, I suppose the, the continuation from that is if you understand that return investment, then it, it should resonate with you when you talk about other returns on investment in the financial realm. Exactly. And so the door in on the financial realm is ESG investing or impact investing. And so that's a logical next step to take women through to get them more involved because that is purposeful. And that's when you talk to a woman, get to her heart, that's a really good way to move forward. Right. So that, that's interesting. What do you find are the sort of strongest motivators? With missionary zeal, you're trying to get women more engaged with their finances, more engaged with their money, with their wealth. How do you motivate them? First of all, as a backdrop, this is so important, and I can't underscore that enough. This decade is set to be transformational for women's wealth. Women control about a third of the wealth now, but the number's just going to rise because women's earning power is increasing. And they're going to inherit a significant amount of wealth. Because they outlive men most of the time. Yes. And that's the thing is that in terms of motivating women, they do outlive men. And the reality is that 80% of the women through being widowed or divorced, women who are married, will end up on their own one day. So it's vital for women to understand the finances. And 
I like to think, yeah, you can look at it that way. Fear can be a motivator. But what I really encouraging women and their advisors is to think of it as it is as empowerment and the potential of women to really make a difference. And like, I think what needs to happen is dots need to be connected. As I mentioned with the philanthropy to impact investing to, to overall investing, yeah. women need to activate on their instincts and opinions and men Yes, you, Darren, and all the other men need to be collaborative with them. Yeah. And through that, women can realize that money, it may have been a taboo topic, but it really now, it can be a rocket fuel to be more powerful change makers for women. Oh, fantastic. Look, I, I really love that. And I agree with you 100%. It's, it's massively important. And those sort of three steps, know what you have know who your team is and know what your values are uh, and then use that as the first stepping stone. I think that's great. Uh, that, that's a great message for everybody out there, but women and men. I think so. Thank you so much, Darren. Wendy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining the podcast and to all of you out there who are listening. If you want to hear more about women empowerment in finance, I'm sure Wendy would be very happy to speak to anybody. And uh, we look forward to more episodes coming up. We've got a whole bunch of really interesting things coming over the next few months. If you're watching and you enjoy it, you can give us a five-star rating wherever you watch your podcast, Apple, Google, or what have you, and look out for more uh, coming uh, your way soon. Thank you, Wendy. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. <music>